0: Good evening, welcome to the Mr. Ellen Podcast. It is Sunday, September 17th. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram. The Redskins just won a game. And here to talk about that is my good buddy, Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt. Hey, Jamie, how you doing? I'm great. Uh, Skins beat the Rams 27-20 in the McVay Bowl in L.A. It's incredible. Have you booked your tickets to the Super Bowl yet? Now, actually, this is like a total relief win. You know, this is like not... It, at least this, is, you know, my takeaway is like you, this doesn't really make me feel better about the Redskins in twenty seventeen, in terms of like the quality of, of the team or the roster or whatever. It just gives me some relief that the season's not over and they're not like oh and two staring into the abyss with Oakland and Kansas City in the next two weeks.
1: Agreed, and it's also the, the NFL drives me bonkers because like everybody talks about how you don't know anything, you know, it's a small sample size, small sample size throughout the season, but it's so weird after two weeks where it's like, uh, you, you don't know. Are, are the Rams good or the Rams bad, but the Redskins are okay. You know, it's just, you have no idea,
0: but this was fun to watch. And you're right. It is much less depressing than last week. I mean, we, we kind of do this, these like post-game podcasts. This is our second one. I've kind of labeled them as like the overreactions podcast with Matt and Jamie. <laughs> it's pretty good branding. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like but, where you're going. But I, my mild take is like these were two like very average teams just beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a not inaccurate take, but the difference is one is a young, up-and-coming, average team that had they won, it would have been a breakthrough for them and it would have yeah. been a huge deal. And the other one is are they average or not and winning really prevented a, a real death spiral
0: well yeah i mean the the skins have been they've been to the summit of mediocre mountain we, you know, <laughs> we've been, for two years now uh it's, it's it, it, and honestly i'm so happy with that like it, that's where the relief comes in is like i feel like the skin the rams could be bad too i mean don't get me wrong i'm not saying like you know they're average no doubt about it but i and, the, and there's plenty of time for this to, to go down but I, I'm worried about the skins having like a five and eleven season. I've been worried about that for about a month now. Actually, for about like 24 years. But for the past <laughs> month, I've just been feeling five and eleven. You know, so it was it was just nice to like kind of delay that and and get a win.
1: This made me feel genuinely better, and I know we're going to get into in more detail, but the there was progression uh, at every position we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were, they were getting it together
0: a little more. It wasn't just like a random fluky thing. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's how do you want to talk about this? Well, we're going to get through, we're going to go offense, defense, specials, broadcast, whatever you want to talk about coaching, I guess. Um, but first uh, I have an imported beer here from old ox brewery. Uh, it's the Hoppy Place IPA <laughs> purchased at Westover, nice. the Westover Beer Garden in uh, Arlington. So I want to pour that for the rest of the pod. Uh, it's good. It's it's like just a solid IPA. It comes in a nice looking, you know, green can. I feel like Old Ox is like nothing to rave about, but it 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 does the job. Are you also drinking while we're podcasting?
1: I am uh, Brookville Beer Farm, which I mentioned on our now. A legendary beer podcast uh it's a beer farm just north of my house had their first can release this weekend i am drinking their marianne blonde ale which has lots of words after it but involves peach and spices and honey and whatnot so i'm, I'm intrigued
0: to see how it goes that i'm not gonna lie it sounds like an awful beer
1: <laughs> well yeah uh, it's it's okay you're uh it's not great but it's okay
0: I feel like for my taste, if it's a blonde ale to begin with, it's got to be like some imperial, you know, like hoppy blonde something. Um, basically, so it's not a blonde ale anymore. It's no longer recognizable. as
1: Well, this is no longer recognizable. It tastes closer to a pumpkin ale almost with with peach replacing the pumpkin, and it is at 8%. So I imagine oh, that okay. fairly quickly. You're in the game. I, I will be incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be useless. It's okay. going to be awesome.
0: Good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's seasonal beer season. Um, all right, let's just get into the offense. I'd like to start with Kirk Cousins because Kirk, I mean, they won. That's great. Uh, but Yay. it was another uninspired performance. He, didn't, he avoided like the big mistake, and that's about as much as I can say about, about his game. But I think that's a big deal with Kirk Cousins
1: because he's – I mean, the knock on him has been that he's like a stats monster and that he you know, builds up all these useless stats and then screws up in the clutch. But he, they had a game-winning drive that included uh, major – uh, I believe it was a third down conversion to prior for a first down uh-huh. and the touchdown was a third down throw to uh good old Ryan Gruden. So I, I, <laughs> I, I actually, I hate to say this, but I was impressed with cousins despite the number line. He had one or two passes where uh, my friends and I, and I, I bounced around. I don't know about you. I saw the game at about five different locations. Um, so I don't have a real through line on it, but uh, my friends and I, it was said oh that throw there was one over the middle to jordan reed especially mm-hmm. where we're like that's what that's what he was like last year he hit the top of his drop he got the ball out he hit the receiver in stride it looked good but that wasn't what impressed me this game what impressed me this game was that he didn't feel compelled to put up stats and it didn't matter they won
0: anyway yeah i mean the third of grant was nice and i mean game-winning touchdown in that situation you take it every time you'll take the win every time no ints you take it every time but he only had 179 yards on 27 passes. Uh, I can't recall any, play, any throw, let alone play, where I was like, oh, wow, that was great. You know, it was just like very average. It was, it was basically like an Alex Smith performance, but not like good Alex Smith from week one. Uh, yeah, but I'm okay with it. I would.
1: Uh, uh, Mike Cousins is that he couldn't do basic Alex Smithy kind of things and that he could be, you know – Sort of like Drew Brees without the winning percentage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This, this, I found some relief in this, and and the relief is compounded, obviously, uh, with the coaching staff being willing to lean on the running game, which
0: I will get to for shortly. Okay, let's just get right to the running. So here's my theory on why they ran. Let me, let me tally this up 36 times with Pirine, Kelly, and Thompson in that order. Uh, I'm, I'm, my guess is they ran 36 times because they know that Sean McVay knows their offense inside and out. And what do the Redskins not do? They don't run the ball. So that was the game plan. They zigged to the McVay zag. See, I mean, that's one possibility. The other possibility
1: is that they know Wade Phillips. They know that McVeigh knows them. They knew that McVeigh would be fired up for this game, would be chasing after them, and they decided to slow down a little bit. I I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's almost really a pity that we didn't get to see Rob Kelly go throughout because that was as good as I think I've seen him ever look, and I would have liked to see what we could have done
0: with four quarters. This was shaping up to be the Rob Kelly game. Uh, in the first half, he had 78 yards, six and a half yards per carry. Uh And, you know, the thing is, I mean, those are great numbers and, you know, I mean, he was producing clearly, but I felt like any back could have been producing with the way that the line was run blocking. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that he got like anything extra. It was like we were kind of saying last uh, week, like he gets what is there and not much more.
1: So it's true, but he... uh, he reminds me of Stephen Davis, um, mm-hmm. which is such an old Redskins fan thing mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. But, he, he, yes, that's true, and you feel that way right up until somebody else gets the ball. And you look at P Ryan's first, I don't know, first dozen carries, first 15 carries, and he was struggling out there behind the same mm-hmm. offensive line with a comparable skill set. I mean, I, I, again, it's kind of like Cousins. I thought that Kelly looked good in that he was playing entirely inside his game, and I guess what I'm saying with both of these is that I felt like coaching staff did a really good job to their credit of putting these guys in a position to succeed and minimizing their opportunities for catastrophic failure.
0: Yeah. And P. Ryan had a very, uh, just we're going to do, do callbacks to old Redskins running backs from the 90s. Uh, P. Ryan had a very Jamie Morris esque 67 yards on 21 carries for 3.2 yards per carry. Um, and, you know, there's a I, lot of gr- I, there's I lot gr- thought of. J- there's a lot of griping. Uh, I feel like every week for the past, I maybe during the whole Gruden era, previously the Gruden McVay era, era, where they, like they don't run the ball, and I don't have that much of a problem with that because usually they can't run the ball, but today they could. I mean, they were they were running the ball effectively the whole first half, and that didn't really carry over to the second half as you mentioned. Like Piran didn't wasn't nearly as productive. I f- I feel like he didn't have as much room to run, but it was nice to see them stick to the game plan. The problem is, like, yeah, they were running it a lot, but, you know, they kind of stopped putting points on the board. They scored 20 in the first half. They were scoreless the whole second half until that last drive.
1: Which goes back to the rock generation, though. Like, when Kelly was in the game, they were bringing up chunks of yards, they were scoring points, and everything was running kind of through him. And when he went out, the, the gears just started grinding. They couldn't figure anything out. I just... I'm not one of these people who's, and you're right. There's a ton of Redskins fans who are like, you know, oh man, we got to run the ball because that's what we've done for 40 years, and by God, we run the ball and the Hogs 2.0 and whatever. <laughs> like, I, I'm not, I'm not that dude. But I liked that they, play, uh, possibly the first two or three plays, they clearly were making it a priority, and once it was working, they, they stuck with it. Uh, all too often, I think that uh, Gruden. Um, likes to once the run is going, he's like, Yeah, now we really set up the pass. And then he throws 15 <laughs> straight times. And they, they didn't do that. I liked it. I, I, I got no beef with that today. I'm I'm all right with everybody today.
0: Well, I mean, I like the balance, especially when your quarterback is cousins. You know, I mean you can be imbalanced when you have Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or whatever. But with cousins, like, yeah, keep keep it around like 30 attempts, 30 carries, and you know, that's that's probably gonna be a good formula. Um Chris Thompson had quite a day. Three carries for 77 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, let's see, what is he receiving? He had three catches for 29 yards. So, over uh, over 100 yards total offense, two touchdowns. Also, a terrible drop. That could have been, like, another 60-yard touchdown. And a fumbled pitch that, fortunately, the Skins recovered. What? The weird thing about Thompson, I thought on his
1: long touchdown run, was that he ran out of gas. Like, I mean, if the whole thing about the guy is that he's fast, Uh it's super bizarre that at the end of it, he was like, I was afraid he was going to get stripped. I I couldn't believe that. And yes, the missed, that one missed play, I I
0: could not believe that. I mean, I guess his man, like, it was kind of like, you know, he cut over the middle and dropped the pass with like nobody guarding him because I think his man had fallen down. I mean, that that very well could have been a 60-yard touchdown. Like, you couldn't see the all-22 view, but it looked like he was going to run forever. Um, but now, I mean, Thompson has three touchdowns in two weeks. Uh, I feel like he's going to be the guy. You know how, like, every week, especially early in the season, like, fantasy football people are freaking out about the waiver wire and who the top additions are? Chris Thompson is going to be, like, world famous this week. Okay, moving on. Uh, Let's go to offensive line next. Anything jump out at you?
1: Yeah, they looked much better. I mean, I'm not smart enough to get more detailed than that, but Mm -hmm. it was clear that something was different, whether they were executing better or the game plan was better or they were more motivated or they didn't drink as
0: much last night. Like, I have no idea, but Mm -hmm. something was much better. It's probably the drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know what – actually, I know what it was. Um, For the first time in some time, I broke out my Hogs hat.
1: I have a oh. Hogs hat that
0: my mother-in-law bought at RFK Stadium in the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. I've posted about this on the blog. I'll u- I'll, maybe I'll use the hat as the featured image for the podcast so people can see it. I mean, it's an incredibly well-constructed piece of fashion. Uh, it's got a snout off the front. It's got like little um, like ears and a squiggly tail on the back. Uh, it's autographed by Russ Grimm. So I wore the hat, and it was like a different offensive line from week one. Um, so well,
1: that was a solution. I mean, that's all it takes. Now, did you wear the hat prior to kickoff or did you see how the yes, game was going? And then I actually you
0: got the wore the hat around my neighborhood, like walking the kid around and got many, many remarks on the hat. I mean, it's it's almost it's it's such a a remarkable uh, hat that it's, it's almost like you have to say something if you see somebody wearing this hat. So, yeah. I think I think we'll keep that up for next week and beyond. Um, is Morgan Moses badly hurt? I mean, he was out of the game in the second half. I I didn't see what the prognosis was. I haven't seen the prognosis yet either. Mm-hmm. I, for
1: some reason, I have the impression that it wasn't too bad, but um, I don't know. Let's see if there's any, any immediate news. I mean, he gave up no, three. Uh, no he, idea. He
0: gave up three sacks last week, so I wasn't like the biggest Morgan Moses fan coming into this one. <laughs> but I still don't want to see our right tackle get hurt. Or anyone for that matter. So this did make that, you know, this was a hard game to watch in that regard.
1: I read that he was the ninth worst uh, in, last week. Is that
0: is that possible who the could, ninth have there been the ninth worst person eight, in the world?
1: No, I think just right tackle. How could there have been eight worst right tackles <laughs> this
0: week? I saw something that said like Brandon Scherf was the best right guard. I I don't I don't always believe the uh the stati- I mean I guess I should believe these statistics. Like somebody's like watching every play and, and making notes on every single player's performance if they got beat on that player or whatever. But still, I don't know how it's well, I mean that's, that's pro football focus. Although
1: I've learned that I believe that pro football focus has, has like an agenda. There's people there who have, who have opinions on things. And I believe those opinions influence what they, uh, what they do. But that's just me being a, a weird tinfoil hat guy.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe you should send a tip to the Deadspin hotline. Is, is that thing still running I, don't, I had no idea I assumed that Hulk Hogan had shot that down just tell them it's uh, SP nation and they'll be all over it okay uh wide receivers I mean I don't know Jameson Crowder had a nice game he he had like a couple of long conversions um but I feel like it, they just didn't really throw the ball enough didn't it to, to be all that many like wide receiver notes no I- the announcers were talking about like,
1: oh, we're X far into the game, and only two Redskins wide receivers have caught a pass. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how far into the game we were. It was X. Um, but, you know, I, I'm okay well, with well, it again. Well, hold but- on.
0: I know what this is related to, though. That statistic is related to the fact that they only have two wide receivers. <laughs> like, <laughs> they have Pryor, and they have Crowder. I know Grant caught that touchdown, but come on, Ryan Grant. And Josh Doxson. There was a Doxson sighting for, guess what, a fade route. In the end zone. <laughs> yeah, and how'd that work out for everybody? That was really weird. They were running the ball like crazy. And then they get... I think it was second and goal at like the five. And then with like back-to-back, fadish-type throws.
1: Uh, I really feel like that was like some sort of inside joke between Gruden and Vey, and They were cracking up internally. They were like, bro, thats I can't believe you did that. Oh, you did it again, man. But uh it made no sense from a, a playing perspective. But I really... This is I I'm, I'm I'm apparently the one tonight because I really felt like that big catch that Pryor had late, like in, in my mind in like the narrative arc of Pryor's season, mm-hmm. that could be a moment, right? Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: right? It could sure, be. could be. Sure, Well, I, I mean, like it. I mean, Pryor is like he's very good looking on the football field. you're, you're <laughs> fixated on. This. I'm I, not gonna lie. I mean, it, it's like he just looks. Like a like a standout dominating wide receiver, but if you rewind to earlier in the game, he had another drop like it he was did. it was like a short pass that wouldn't have converted a first down anyways, but he had a drop this week. I think he had two last week. he dropped like half of his targets in the preseason. The drops are an issue if you're if you're a receiver well i mean one might say
1: they're the biggest issue if you are receiver but i'm choosing uh i'm choosing to drink as much kool-aid as i can and to say that we saw the turning point in
0: prior season he's going to ride that into a huge game next week well we're going to need it because we might not have jordan reed who left in i think the second half with a chest injury uh walked off came back with no pads uh I, i don't know what's happening there i mean he already had like a broken toe or something he's already got like way more concussions than you'd like he got hit really hard like helmet to helmet in the first half um yeah the the jordan reed you know health meter is not looking good
1: well i mean it's like he saw this. sam bradford didn't even make it to his second game and was like well there's there's no way i can keep up with that but by god i'm gonna try uh and and he found a way to not finish out this game so so their competition for most fragile human being on the planet who is willing to play professional football continues um, and, I give and,
0: and, you know, right I on give time, it to, Vernon Davis yep. showed up after Reed came out and had like a nice catch and run where he totally juked somebody I don't even know how that occurs because Vernon Davis is like a point A to point B type of player at this point in his career but he just shook somebody um, and he had a great year last year I, I feel like I forget about Vernon Davis when Jordan Reed's around, but he's he's a good little insurance policy.
1: Well, and Jeremy Sprinkle is uh, it wasn't suited up this game, and so if he's any good at all. Was he like a, a fifth rounder I mean, or something?
0: He was like a late round something pick. Something like that. Yeah, He
1: was a late round pick, but uh-huh. but he was one of the many picks that people were like, "Oh, that, you can tell that's a McLuhan pick. That's all they really got something there." Um, uh-huh. so so that made me feel good about it. It makes me optimistic. Vernon Davis is uh, because I went to maryland i lump ex maryland players into uh two categories which can broadly be described as tory smiths and uh, uh that that other guy the real fast guy who the darius hayward bay too early
0: hayward that's bay? the guy yeah the hayward
1: bays and uh yeah and um uh yeah, vernon davis is firmly in the tory smiths category as is stefan diggs if anybody is scoring but like point is he's a good football player i like him there
0: yeah, I like having him around. Um, oh, and there was a Niles Paul sighting. Uh, somehow drew like a twenty-five year old twenty-five yard pass interference. I mean, I feel like if Niles Davis is streaking down the field, you can just let him keep going. <laughs> like it's fine. He's not going to make a big play.
1: Probably not. I, that guy's been around. He's one of the few who I think was there when I was back when I was there. He's mm-hmm. been around forever
0: at this point. Yeah. Yeah, he must be, like, a great locker room guy or something, like a high-character guy. But I like (laughs) Niles Paul. Like, I don't know. I mean, he seems like one of those, like, leader in the clubhouse, rah-rah, like, pitching on special teams, blocking tight end, could play H-back, you know, like, whatever, a good utility player type. I don't mean to knock Niles Paul, but... uh, No, no, but but
1: you're not wrong. He checks two of the boxes on great locker room guy. One is good on special... Mm Mm-hmm. Body type to be able to change positions. Um, It's, you know, Lorenzo Alexander obviously is the all time king of this, changing his body type for like six different positions on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. But now as Paul went from wide receiver to tight end,
0: and right there, boom, good locker room guy. Yeah, my body type has remained almost exactly the same for some time now. And I'm quite proud of that. Actually. I was, I was expecting like severe regression <laughs> um, into yeah. some other position. I don't know what, but not a yeah. like a worse position.
1: Yeah. No, I've gone from like human being into like an actual loaf of
0: bread. It's really, <laughs> um, yeah, but you're probably going to be like a safety next year, right? Well, um, yeah,
1: sure. Why not at this rate? Who isn't going to be a safety next year?
0: Let, let's move around. Do you have any, anything else on offense? No. All right, let's overreact no. to defense. Um, I love that thing that Josh Norman does when he do, where he doesn't even try to make the tackle and he just punches the ball out. Like, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I feel like he's done that like 17 times as a Redskin already, but it's probably like two or three. But he did it today against Todd Gurley and it was awesome.
1: Yes, it was awesome. It was vastly superior to Bashad Breland's approach of turning into an actual hurdle.
0: Um, <laughs> so, like I said, without Chris Thompson having quite a day, like Todd Gurley had quite a day. He had, on the one hand, I think two fumbles, one that he recovered himself. Uh, then, on the other hand, like two touchdowns, including like an awesome hurdle play over Breland uh, for a touchdown.
1: The hurdle play over Breland, like, made me wish that I were a Los Angeles Rams fan. 13 years just to get that poster for my wall. Like yeah. it's 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 an inevitable poster. I'm sorry for Bashad Breland who deserves better than that, but that was a hell of a just just
0: a hell of a play. It was it was awesome. And because I had Gurley on my like main fantasy team last year and he never <laughs> did anything like all year. I think his total best game was like seven seventy yards, no touchdowns. Um today he had eighty-eight rushing. Let's see how many receiving. 48 receiving, so like 140-ish combined. Two touchdowns. I mean, he looked awesome too. Like he just like, you know, whether it's out of the backfield or or carrying the ball or just like skying over. Yeah, I think he jumped over somebody else, too, not just he did. He did. <laughs> yeah. Um Todd Gurley had a day. Um he did. But I mean, I feel like the defense overall played well. I mean, it was it was kind of a strange game because it was like it felt like the Redskins were winning in all, like like the whole game and like the and they were kind of up the whole game, but it felt like they should have been up more than they were. And there was a couple plays, that the girly hurdle, but also there was a like an eighty yard pass to a tight end before the first half that gave the Rams their first touchdown. Uh, just these like couple big plays that kept the Rams hanging around. Yes,
1: and that, and that appears to be where defense is which is not entirely dissimilar to where they've been in the past few years but i think in the plays where they're not making abjectly horrible mistakes they're doing a lot better i thought i saw a lot of pressure Uh, i thought i saw a lot of the pressure getting home kerrigan continues to just just do ryan kerrigan stuff um preston smith who you'll remember was my narrative uh, uh, winner last week, where I was convinced that him getting off to a hot start is indicative of something. Like he continued to look good. Like got got I his second sack too. Yeah, he did. He did. And, and and Kerrigan's punch out, I thought, or a strip sack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I thought looked really impressive. Although well, it didn't didn't turn out so great. Um, it, well, it was still impressive to watch.
0: Well, strip sack in week two, pick six in week one, impact plays for Kerrigan. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, speaking of impact plays. So Mason Foster had the, the game-winning, like, game-clinching interception late in the game where he mm-hmm. totally jumped the route. Jared Goff, mm-hmm. like, just super-goffed it. Um, <laughs> what I did realize at the time, I saw after the fact on Twitter, is that Mason Foster, previously in the game, has dislo- dislocated his shoulder and had it uh-huh. popped back in and then made, you know, the play of the day. Yeah. What, what, where
1: were you? Did, were you watching that one live? Did you see that? Did you catch that play? Yeah, happened. I was
0: watching that one live, but I was also like trying to get my kids to eat dinner. So it was like I couldn't really hear what was happening. I was just watching.
1: We we had just uh, – the, the skins got their go-ahead score. And we all sort of – in the room I was in, we talked and we agreed that like the most likely outcome was that the Rams would drive down the field, score, go for what everybody would consider a gutsy two-point conversion and win. That was uh, what like yeah. we, we had already decided was going to happen. Yeah. So when – foster intercepted the ball uh, literally uh two people in the room were like what universe is this are we in an alternate world <laughs> like it was it was just baffling and to find out that on top of that he had come back from a dislocated shoulder was uh it was great i mean that's the kind of thing that, like you know
0: the seasons have turned on worse well when it was 2020 and the redskins had the ball and it was like maybe five minutes left in the game you know when that drive started maybe a little more Mm-hmm. I was pretty certain that drive was going nowhere or at best a field goal. And then the Rams would answer. And then when they scored the touchdown, I was like, wow, that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, that was very un redskins ish to go up 27, 20 mm-hmm. in the last you know minute or two. When the Rams mm-hmm. got the ball back, I was like, the, you know, and the announcers are like inevitably talking about like, Oh, you know, give up the underneath stuff. Like, you know, just don't give up the big play. I was like, here comes the big play. <laughs> like this is definitely not going to end well. So yeah that was that was a surprise ending, a surprise twist. I enjoyed it.
1: I actually you were more optimistic than I was when the Redskins had the ball. I was we were looking for a good old-fashioned Kirk Cousins pick six at that point.
0: Yeah, oh God. Um, yeah, well in, yeah in that in that context, uh, yeah, he had a great game. Um, uh, anything else on defense?
1: Um, let me think. We talked about some linebackers. We talked about some line, uh, safeties. DeShazer Everett. Um, I know he had some problems on defense, but he made some great plays on special teams. And I I don't know. He just seems like a likable fella. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's my, that's my
0: searing insight. Are you excited for the possibility that sewer Cravens comes back next week? There's yeah. I'm, I'm confused about the Cravens. I mean, I, it's a confusing situation, but I'm not expecting him to come back ever are you are you thinking he's going to come back next week?
1: Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I am sure you saw it on Twitter Ian Rappaport was saying one thing and of course your your man Brenton Portis was was saying something totally different alluding to, vaguely to uh, ominous overheard dark words that that you know no man can possibly know, which is yeah, fair enough. But um but I kind of feel like like Sua Cravens comes back and is terrible. I think that's the most
0: likely outcome here, right? Mhm. Uh-huh yeah that i mean that's probably true uh one thing is like from today again like last week i didn't hear their names but i wasn't watching super close i haven't like you know done my research surprisingly but i didn't hear anything about the rookies from alabama uh alan and anderson again like were they mia or were, were they actually out there making plays
1: uh I'm, I'm sure they were out there making some spectacular plays, just not when I was looking. And there yeah. were times when I wasn't looking, so it's possible. But no, I also, I did not see anything from them um, last week. I was choosing to believe that they were contributing uh, amorphously to pressure, but no,
0: I, I have no idea. Um, All right, well, if they're
1: not contributing, we'll hear about it soon enough.
0: Well, I feel like this, this podcast and the game itself have been far too pleasant. So let's get into the unpleasant business of, of Redskins special teams. Sure. I have a few bones, <laughs> a few bones to pick. One is, uh, okay. It was a 51 yarder, but they missed a field goal that very nearly came back to bite them in the ass. I like you know, that was the other thing out when they were, it was 2020. And like the, the game was kind of circling the drain. I kept thinking of like, Oh yeah. If they had just made that field goal, we wouldn't be, you know, faced with all this, all this drama. Um, the other the other play that was kind of, like somewhat insignificant in the grand scheme of things, but I thought it was very Redskins special teams, was Tressway hit the perfect punt, and it was down mm-hmm. the one, and <laughs> the Redskins were called for holding in punt coverage. Mm-hmm. I think it was Martrell Spate. Is that do I have his name right? Spate. You do have his name right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Number fifty. I remember he's called up. So, so defensive holding more or less on a punt that was not returned. It was down at the one-yard line.
1: An absolutely perfect punt, yes. And to be fair, the follow-up punt was the play where I think was the ever made a hell of a tackle to contain uh, a potential return. Um, But yes, that was bad. Uh, uh, But you've let them off the hook, or at least have not yet mentioned uh, giving up the fake punt to the Rams.
0: Okay, so Mm -hmm. my favorite thing about the fake punt, which... Was, uh, I guess, they, you know, snapped into the punter. He took a step like he was going to punt it. And then he, like, threw, like, a whatever, 10-yard out to the, to the guy on the left, the gunner on the left, mm-hmm. for the first down. Worked like a, worked like mm-hmm. a charm. Just like you draw it mm-hmm. up. The fucking broadcast predicted that. <laughs> they were all, like, the dudes in the, Dick Stockton predicted that play. The Redskins were caught, like, completely unaware by this fake punt with a punter who has tried 13 passes in the NFL. <laughs>
1: Yes, the, like, the, the, are you, their Where are you going?
0: Has, don't don't just cover. Has, just cover. Stay with the guy. For, yeah, he's past the first down like
1: Colt McCoy. Yeah, that, that was, that was uh, that was bad on just about every level. Um, but it turned out to be okay.
0: <laughs> well, so yeah. we don't have
1: to be too worried about it. But yeah, but in the in the in the thought experiment territory where the Redskins in any way, shape, or form lose that game, regardless of at what point, mm-hmm. boy, are we <laughs> just lighting them on fire. For that fake punt. That
0: was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, whatever. I you know, good for the Rams. They they tried a risky play, it it worked out. You can't expect to always, I guess, be like hip to the fake punt. But when the broadcast sees it coming, yeah, that was frustrating. Um that was bad. Speaking of the broadcast, there was another appearance from our friend Dean Blandino. I know, it was so good to see Dean. He figured out where the camera was. It was it was really good. So, so where was Pereira this week? It was just the Blandino show.
1: <laughs> well, apparently, we're like, well, after wild success, you're ready to be on your own, Dean. Just, just let him wander around the mall by himself.
0: Well, you know, these, these Fox NFL games, they don't produce themselves. Somebody looked at this and said, Dean Blandino's a star. <laughs>
1: They probably listened to our podcast and heard us talking about him for what eleven straight minutes last week, and we were like, "Well, that's uh, you can't you can't pay for airtime like that."
0: I was really pleased by the Blandino cameo because he basically came on to like explain a confusing like offsetting penalty thing that ended up with the Rams having to start on the 2 yard line which I still don't fully understand despite Blandino's no. explainer.
1: <laughs> Good effort by Demo.
0: But what I really loved was that not only did they throw to Blandino for the explainer, but they had a little banter. There was like a little like extended picture in picture of Blandino staring blatantly at the camera.
1: Well, but I, can we can we talk about picture in picture for a second? Yeah. Was was your feed continued letting you know the status
0: of the Lightning in the Denver-Dallas game. Yes! I was like, who gives a shit? Just this, the score crawl <laughs> on the bottom is enough. You know? yeah.
1: For some reason, they're like, what we really need is a, is a live shot of the stadium where nothing is happening. Even while action was going on in, in the Redskins game, uh, in a very small <laughs> box in the top right, they're like, here's a gorgeous look at Denver. Like, Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, good opportunity for us to highlight the fact that both the Cowboys and the Eagles lost today. What a day. Yeah. What a great day. What a day. day. For, what a, I mean, the, for the Redskins NFC... Nation. I feel like Larry Michael right now. What a great day for Redskins Nation.
1: <laughs> the skin tangibles were truly through the roof. Uh, I, I feel, you know, the NFC East is tied in knots. When nobody knows up is down. Black is white. Nobody knows what's up. Um, uh, can we talk while we're talking about the broadcast hmm. about Tom Berman and Chris Spielman both wearing slightly different pinstripe shirts because <laughs> yeah, this was bothering I, I, me.
0: I didn't, even, I didn't even see that. I actually was going to ask you who was in the booth because I forgot. I thought it was Dick Stockton. It, it, was, it was who?
1: It was Tom Brennan who was basically Dick Stockton mm-hmm. minus 40 years Okay. and, uh, and Chris Spielman. Um, and the, for some reason, I don't know why it struck me. I've been having a and I've been a basically an awful human being to be around all weekend. But they cut back to the booth and it's these two guys, both their jackets off, both in slightly different pinstripe shirts that are like borderline pixelating on my TV. And it, it just filled me with a blind, pointless rage.
0: I mean, that's... You know, you might need some new meds. That's that's really not something to get upset about. You know, wait, I'm not done yet. I had had another major
1: problem, which is that the the Rams have these the cool new helmets, which are on their sleeves. Still has the gold horns, and it looks really weird. That this, it's like how the Dolphins helmet, Mm -hmm. like the Dolphin, is wearing a helmet that does not look like. Yes, helmet. yes. It's the same thing again,
0: and it really upset me. So you may be right about the meds, but suffice to say, I was furious. I'm not going to lie. Well, I feel like the Rams uniforms suffer from the same syndrome as the Eagles uniforms, which is like, you have a great classic uniform. Just use it. Like, just use that, like, great, like, you know, uh, like that bold blue and yellow color, you know, like, stick with that. You'll be fine. One thing that Spielman said in the broadcast that I want to mention – because it just jumped out at me, <laughs> was I forget, who, I forget who was hurt, but somebody had some, like, you know, minor injury. Well, whatever. I mean, he's probably, like, dead. <laughs> but somebody had, like, some <laughs> minor injury. And Spielman goes, yeah, hold on, let me get the exact quote. Hold on. <laughs> the exact quote. I took a note for this. <laughs> he's like, he said something like, uh, yeah, he'll be fine after he gets some Dr. Feelgood at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> wow we're just talking about he, it like this now
1: <laughs> he had an earlier one uh I think earlier where it was somebody um I think it was I think it was uh the the Rams tight end uh what's his name Everett Gerald Everett his name had a had caught something and had gotten hit by Montague Nicholson and Everett went down and gets and and um Spielman's going on about oh that's that's the kind of hit that gets you respect in the locker room with your teammates people really look <laughs> up to that like they, they really admire you for taking that hit and like everett's injured so he winds up taken off and is like visibly hurt and they're like uh, spielman's trying to sort of clean up after himself here and he's like well yeah,
0: yeah i didn't know that. it was that's hurt. rough <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's rough but the respect or something like that I, I don't i didn't take a
0: note but it was something like that and i was just like wow man that is uh
1: that is something else well
0: so my wife was making it hard to watch the game along these lines the first thing so she sits down and i mean she watched honestly like maybe five minutes of the game with me she sits down the first thing she says is the name is so horribly offensive (laughs) it's redskin's name (laughs) i'm like okay i agree but just let me have some cognitive dissonance in the moment please um then there's like a you know a play and like you know whatever somebody else gets carted off <laughs> and she's like oh my goodness somebody gets hurt on every play <laughs> I was like true also true <laughs> um, can, I, can i just root for the home team here <laughs> or not the home team but whatever um yeah so there was there was that um and then the other thing i'll notice just from the Motrum family viewing experience is that my six-year-old son walks in from playing and the redskins are up I think I think this is when they're up twenty seven twenty, or maybe it was like earlier, like twenty thirteen, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, the Redskins are winning." <laughs> <laughs> there's like- there's a lot of that from the from the Terrell
1: children as well. A lot a lot of that. Yeah, they just have no idea it's even possible at this point.
0: Um, the last thing I'll, I uh, I'll note, this has nothing to with the broadcast. Well, I guess it's part of the broadcast, but it looked like. There were a lot of Redskins in the LA Redskins fans in the LA Coliseum. That was such a strange feeling to see, like another team stadium full of our fans versus the other way around. I didn't know what to, I didn't know how to respond trying, to
1: that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to construct like the like, well, you know, logically, a lot of people from the DC, but like I got nothing. I have no idea why that would be or why it's
0: maybe it's just an easy ticket to get. I'm guessing easy ticket. I'm guessing like tons of people, you know, there's tons of transplants in LA, but you know, I mean, there's probably like Jaguars fans in Los Angeles, you know, if you look hard enough, but for there to be enough, like enthusiastic Redskin supporters in the greater Los Angeles area to like actually show up on the broadcast. Yeah. I, I still don't know how, how to process that.
1: I mean, kudos to those people. Here's another takeaway that I had, not exactly the broadcast, but similar is like okay mcveigh 31 now good looking dude like i think we all agree this so here's my question what is you know he's in la he's a good-looking young coach what is the first crossover media property that he gets into does he show up in a movie a tv
0: show where's he where is he going to turn up i could see him having like a very cheesy cameo on ballers Oh, that would be good. That's a good one. I Like that. It's it's
1: better than my plan to have him on like SVU or something. Well, that's much better. If it
0: happens, if he does show up on Ballers, I'm not going to know because I don't watch that shit.
1: Well, I, I assume he's already shown up on Ballers by that <laughs> exact reasoning, <laughs> right?
0: Um, yeah. Who was it? I think Deshaun. Did you? I think Deshaun Jackson might have been on Ballers. I want to say that Deshaun Jackson was on Ballers at some point. Pretty sure that I saw would make that. sense. Yeah. Did you watch any of Hard Knocks this season? I saw like, well, I saw the first five minutes, which was all about Jameis Winston and like the house he grew up in, and it was like five of the best minutes of television I've ever seen. But no, <laughs> I didn't really watch the rest of the season.
1: Just John Jackson, this the season, might as well have been making a cameo appearance on Ballers. So I don't know if you're right or if you're just really in tune with the Jackson's sort of overall band. But either way, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, um. I'm like I'm really like on the same wavelength as whoever is like the cameo coordinator for Ballers. <laughs> Me and that person are just in tune. Um, anything else about this game other than it was just awesome, and we should celebrate these moments because they only happen maybe eight times a year if we're lucky. <laughs>
1: I you know, speaking of the eight times a year, I get one thing that frustrated me this week was I I saw yet again the stat that the Skins had two winning seasons in a row. And like, can we please, please stop calling eight seven and one a winning season? Please.
0: I well first of all, technically it is a winning season. Technically. Secondly, I I like it because it's so sad to celebrate. <laughs> like, so I was I was at, uh, before the Skins game today, I was at a Neighbors, and they're, like, all Pittsburgh fans. Uh, so they're terrible people. And uh, we're talking about, I guess we were talking about McVeigh and how like, he was like, yeah, like, if he was such a hot shit coaching candidate, like, why didn't the Redskins just make him their head coach? And I was like, well, they couldn't really. Like, I'm sure they had tapped him as, like, a, you know, coach of the future. But... They already had Jay Gruden and for the Redskins, like back-to-back nine and eight win seasons was like not a fireable <laughs> offense. Now, if you're Mike Tomlin, yeah, that's going to be trouble for you, brother. But if you're Jay Gruden, yeah, you're set. You're getting an extension.
1: Uh, I, I wish there were so many funny in what you were saying, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's the truest, it's the truest, saddest thing.
0: <laughs> it's so sad. Um Okay, so just a quick look ahead. We have Oakland at home mm-hmm. next Sunday night, and then the Chiefs in Kansas City. It's another primetime game. I think it's Monday night. Yeah, it is. Um, so, I mean, the Redskins are not going to be favored in either one of these games, and it's probably not going to be particularly close in terms of a, in terms of the lines. What? I guess what are you expecting versus what are you hoping for going into the bye week five?
1: I mean, if they can win either of them, I'd be
0: thrilled. I'm expecting
1: them to get destroyed uh, in a shootout by the Raiders. And I'm expecting them to lose in a heartbreaking fashion to the chiefs. Mm. Um, I, are you expecting something different?
0: No, that was, I mean, that was predict- predictably dark. Uh, <laughs> I, well, this is I, – I don't disagree. I mean, I'd, I'd be thrilled if they split. Um, this is why today was so important. If you're 0-2 and you've got two – I mean, I don't know. I guess we're—I guess the Patriots are the favorites, but these are two Super Bowl contenders, Oakland and Kansas City. Yes. Both 2-0, both playoff teams last year. Um, if you're 0-2 and you're facing that on the schedule heading into your bye – Whew. Now that's dark, um, but they're one. Yeah, and sure. One. I mean, <laughs>
1: um, I'm not great at math, mm. but one and three is better than zero and four. I'm yeah, pretty certain.
0: And I don't. I mean, I I would love to be two and two. If they're three and one, I'm, I mean, we might as well like fire up the bandwagon. But I'd love to be oh, two absolutely. and two. I'd love to be two and two. And I don't think it's outside the realm. Like, for which as much one of as the we... two games do you think is more winnable? <sighs> I would say Oakland. I would okay. say Oakland at home. I mean, I know that FedEx isn't much of a home field advantage, but Kansas City is a tough fact, place to win. FedEx is,
1: in fact, like actively not a home field advantage and a primetime game. But, but... And, and
0: the Raiders. Sure. You know there's probably like just going to be Raiders fans coming out of the woodwork <laughs> of Sunday Night Football in D.C. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, but, I, I expect dozens and dozens of them.
0: By the way, did you see Marshawn Lynch dancing on the sideline today? I think it was during like the fourth no. quarter of a blowout win against the Jets. I mean Marshawn Lynch was going nuts and it was it was phenomenal. Like
1: well, I had actually until you said that I had forgotten that Marshawn Lynch was on the Raiders. I think I, I think we can pencil that guy in for four touchdowns next week.
0: Well, I think I can pencil in the fact that I'll probably be rooting for him to beat my team because it's he's he's that awesome. Like I like everyone is, loves Marshawn Lynch. He's, he's the like best. everyone's favorite player. And he looks yes. really good this year. Like you know, adding that element to a Raiders team that won like thirteen games last year, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I would love for them to, you know, for the skins to somehow like show up and put like thirty plus points on the board and and get a win from one of these two teams. But
1: let's be real. You know, something interesting with this game, and 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 Dan Steinberg hates when I when I go. To, but like both Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. Um, Really seem to firmly believe that they have God on their side in the football games mm. and in negotiations and other things. So one of them's going to be wrong, right? I mean, yeah. like, this is going to be a really interesting test for God's rooting interests in the game of football.
0: Well, if Kirk and Derek both, you know, take that approach to this game, I will say that one of them is going to have a very interesting post game press conference.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That I would I would kill for the day when somebody's like, you know what? I put my faith in God this game and God let me down and I'm disappointed in God. I put it on him. I direct your questions to him. Goodbye. Like that would be
0: amazing. I mean, for as strong and like as devout a Christian as Kirk Cousins seems to be, if we were able to see on national television like all of that belief crumble <laughs> and, and for him to just be <laughs> devastated <laughs> in the truth.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean be amazing. Uh, look, uh, yeah. I feel
0: bad. I feel bad now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of heartbreaking. I feel like I, there's I like
0: a, I feel like there's it's a good bad news. like this is there's like good comedy to be mined from this premise, but I'm not up to the task, so I'm just gonna stop. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is usually where I link to one of the Onion articles. uh, They sort of play on the same sort of theme. Um, But yeah, yeah. no, I'm with you. I'll I'll back off it now. But uh, yeah, so I don't see a win next week. I don't think I see a win with the Chiefs unless somebody gets injured between now and then, which I wouldn't root for, but it certainly would help the Redskins' chances out.
0: All right, Matt. Well, I'm going to wrap it up uh, because I'm tired. (laughs) And I don't know what else there is to say uh our listeners can well, follow oh, I, have
1: a, I have one final question oh yeah please actually one final question how did the
0: old ox beer wind up for you how was it i i finished it i think while we were going through the defense <laughs> it was um it was good <laughs> it was it was you know the, the difference it was funny i picked up this six-pack at westover market and it was like 14 dollars. i want to say mm-hmm. if you buy a 14 dollars six-pack down here in the middle of nowhere north carolina um Better be like a whale beer, you know what I mean? Like that's an expensive <clears throat> six. Like the locally brewed six packs are like ten, maybe eleven. I guess it's just like mm. the price of doing business in the DC area. It was good beer, but you know, a little, a little culture shock as 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 a guy from the country spending fourteen dollars on a six pack. Oh man, I, I
1: love I love hearing about your tales from way yeah. out
0: there on the prairie, man. That's that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing I'm able to podcast right now. With, like, the dial-up <laughs> connection that we're still using.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty proud of the mules
0: for running the signal back and forth from the station. Uh, you know what? The best thing, maybe, about this old ox is the name, Hoppy Place. I feel like that's such oh, a that's- good IPA name, and how was that not taken? Hoppy Place. Yeah. Well, I feel like
1: a lot of them must be taken. Like, I feel like if you go to enough like, ultra-micro breweries, like, every hop pun has been mm-hmm. made, right?
0: Well, you would think. <laughs> um, I, actually, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna check in on this beer on Untapped later, and uh, we'll see we'll see if the search results for Hoppy Place bring up anything other than Old Ox. Um, you should uh, you should and, definitely you know shout out your and, uh, your Untapped profile on the outro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it. All right. Follow me <laughs> on Untapped at <laughs> Mushroom. See what I'm drinking. It's <laughs> super cool. Uh, follow Matt. On Twitter, Matt underscore Turl. Uh read Matt's musings in the city paper. Have you fi- have you filed your column for this week yet?
1: I have not. I'm actually working on something and I'm not hundred percent
0: sure it's where I need it to be for this week. So we'll see. But uh hopefully, maybe. Have you do you think there's eighteen hundred words to be written about Dean Blandino?
1: But there definitely are. Unfortunately, I'm only given 750, and uh, that's not where I went this week. I actually, I went, I went somewhere totally left field this week. And we'll see if it works.
0: I, I, I don't really know. Is it about Kirk Cousins? You know,
1: unwielding faith
0: in Christianity.
1: <laughs> no, that's I. I'm saving that one for after the
0: Raiders game. Once
1: I know which way it goes, I'm going to tie it in to the Jewish New Year, which is happening this week. Happy Rosh Hashanah to everybody uh, who celebrates, and uh, I'm going to tie that all together. That's next week. This week, I'm. Uh, because of the ongoing Jamel Hill drama over at ESPN, mm-hmm. I actually decided to talk to Michael Jenkins at Comcast Sportsnet about, uh, I wound up hooked, uh, hung up on an ancillary point, which is <laughs> shocking. <the> idea... <laughs> shocking. I know. Uh, which is the idea that like, um, like uh, the ESPN statements about this have all dealt with like, Oh, we're journalists. Journalism. And I'm like, they, they're just highlights, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I wanted to get somebody else's input, and Jenkins seemed like a good dude for it. Let's we'll See if it comes together or not.
0: I look forward to reading it, and uh, yeah, fascinating. I endorse anything that has Michael Jenkins involved. Uh, yeah, he's he's, 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 the he's the best. Yeah, he's the best. I should have him on the podcast. That would be nice. Um, you, you really? He might big time me though. I don't know. We'll
1: see. All right, man. Well, I think we'll look- you you missed your window when with the Terps texas
0: game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, actually, that Terps win's looking really good after Texas almost right? Beat USC. Uh, right? Yeah, that was a great off week for the Terps. Okay, <laughs> this is like my fourth time attempting to wrap this up, so I'm just going to wrap it up. Uh, I forget what the wrap-up was going to be.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember what it was going to be. Jamie Matrimon untapped.
0: Yeah. Uh, everyone out there, enjoy seven days of victory.